1: to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you have had a great first full week of the 2023 calendar year. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Of course, you can find the uh, Daily Hammer Battery Power Podcast and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com. At Battery Power, SBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. Well, you know, we typically have some fun moves to talk about when it comes to the Braves. Again, they've been one of the most active teams over the past month since The winter meetings. Well, this time around, the only move that we really have to talk about is them officially announcing where both Hoy Park and Lewin Diaz wound up going after both were designated for assignments after recent moves by the Braves. Hoy Park was eventually sent to Triple A Gwinnett, so he will remain within the Braves organization which, again, does have a bit of intriguing value with how he can play across the diamond. He has hit before at AAA. Not saying that, you know, even to the point of not saying that, you know, it's a good shot that he's even a valuable bench piece for the Braves, but at the very least, the Braves do have a versatile uh, player, at least defensively, that they have at AAA that, you know, just if if injuries were to hit, you know, the roster kind of like they did at times last year, they have another option that they potentially can bring up. And Llewyn Diaz, who the Braves had, had brought over for just a few days, uh, he was actually designated for assignment and then returned to the Baltimore Orioles, who the Braves had claimed him from. So... If you want to have some fun, look at the offseason that Lou Diaz has. I believe that this is now the fifth time he's been designated for assignment and the fourth different team that he's been a part of so far this offseason. So you do see this around baseball at times. It's very interesting when those, you know, type of when players have those type of offseasons, but Lou Diaz is now a part of the Baltimore Orioles once again. But another thing, you know, with moves not necessarily being, you know, really frequent right now across baseball, another really cool thing was that yesterday Braves infielder Vaughn Grissom turned 22 years old and it's just a reminder of the fact how successful Vaughn Grissom was. At such a young age. And I don't necessarily think for Braves Country, Von Grissom, you know, takes a bit of a back seat. But one thing that I definitely think stands out is he got off to a great start. But overall, Von Grissom had a very, very good showing. At the major league level at 21 years old and naturally he's going to be you know a bit overshadowed by both spencer strider and michael harris uh the second with their rookie seasons and how special they were but von grissom at 22 years old represents an interesting discussion when it comes to value Obviously, one of the things going into the offseason that many speculated Von Grissom could have been a part of is a trade to potentially go out and make a significant move if the Braves were to move on from Dansby Swanson. Well, th- the fact is, is that the Braves did go out and make a significant move to get catcher Sean Murphy. They did move on from Dansby Swanson, and yet Von Grissom remains a Brave. Now, obviously, the thing that stands out about that is that he seems to be the most natural and most intriguing in-house option to take over the shortstop position. And make no mistake about it, if Vaughn Grissom were to take over as the Braves shortstop for 2023, the question marks around him playing shortstop, I don't think anybody really questions the fact that he'll be able to hit. He'll be able to provide enough offensive production to maintain his value at the shortstop position. As a matter of fact, for what 2003 projections are out there, uh, several of the projection systems for Von Grissom right now have his value over, you know, 2F war, which is just fine for a 22-year-old rookie who would be at the shortstop position. The main question is, how would his defense play? And for the Braves, and especially with the new rules coming in place that are banning the shift and you got you know base runners having more advantages, the Braves likely want to have defense as strong up the middle as possible. That's where it comes into question for Vaughn Grissom in terms of could he handle the shortstop position going forward. Regardless of how, you know, one may feel, whether or not he can handle the shortstop position, if the Braves were to go out and get perhaps a, a more reliable veteran type option who could play, you know, defense at a, you know, more consistently high level than Grissom can right now, that doesn't necessarily knock Vaughn's value moving forward. Because that really where his value comes into play for the Braves is, is that is his value going to be more as a super utility type player? that you could play at any of the infield positions. And the Braves know how important it is to have reliable depth for the infield in a year where they lost Ozzy Albies for more than half the season. You could also potentially put him at DH at times, especially, you know, perhaps against left-handers, and see what he could do as far as his production, you know, towards the bottom of the order goes. So you have a utility infielder. You have an option that could, you know, play at DH at times. You know, perhaps could he even learn to play the outfield, you know, that That's probably something that the Braves might explore, but may not necessarily be that high on the priority list. So when it comes to his 2022 season, Vaughn Grissom's responsibility could range either from being the Braves' 2023 starting shortstop to being their most intriguing bench piece and a super utility player, which every team needs. But that's for 2023. When the Braves make a move for the shortstop position at this point in time, if they were to make a move, it would seem as if that if they were to make a move, it likely is going to be in the short term. That means, of course, that Von Grissom's role, Von Grissom's value, could only increase past this year. There's a very likely scenario, or there's at least a reasonable chance. That the Braves could bring somebody in to play shortstop for 2023, and then Von Grissom potentially is the shortstop moving forward 2024 and beyond after he's had a full year of either playing shortstop when needed or another full year of training when it comes to the shortstop position. So Von Grissom will continue to have very, you know, relevant to very significant value as a Braves player. And you're perfectly fine with having that type of talent as a utility infielder even if he doesn't start the year majors. The Braves know that they at least have a middle infield option that's 22 years old that can that has showed he can handle himself with the bat. The goal is to continue to improve his defense to where you could trust him at the shortstop position perhaps second perhaps third if needed. So he maintains significant value even if he's a utility infielder in 2023 to where he could become a regular in 2024 and beyond. But obviously also the value that Vaughn Grissom possesses is that as an intriguing bat, as an infielder, with the control that he has, he still remains a valuable trade chip, as well. Now, if the Braves have not already traded Vaughn Grissom in a deal, It's likely that they're not going to utilize him in a trade package unless it brings back a significant type talent. And it makes sense for the Braves to continue to hold on to Von Grissom instead of just trading him, you know, to fill a spot in the short short term. With how much control Von Grissom has, the Braves are not going to part ways with him unless it is a clear upgrade at a position of need. And beyond this year, that could be shortstop, that could be left field, it could even be the starting rotation if the Braves were to hold on to Von Grissom through the 2023 season. So at the age of 22, Von Grissom may not necessarily have the upside of a Michael Harris II or, you know, Ronald Acuña Jr. when he was 22, but make no mistake, and I don't think anybody in Braves country does von grissom is still a very intriguing and valuable asset for the braves to be able to utilize
0: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: As we've now completed the first week of the 2023 calendar year, the main story in baseball that, that many around the game continue to focus on and continue to, you know, focus on, you know, seeing if there's a potential resolution anywhere in the near future is the Carlos Correa situation with the Mets. To catch those up who, you know, it's probably been a bit of time since you, you know, read about what's going on. To make a long story short, we obviously know that Carlos Correa had originally agreed to a 12-year, $350 million deal, 360, million, perhaps, 350, million, $360 million dollar deal with the San Francisco Giants. But of course, a physical with the Giants about it it seemed like that the, you know, concerns from a physical were on a lower leg injury that Carlos Correa had suffered towards the end of 2014 that did not allow for the deal with the Giants to go through and the Mets quickly swooped in and signed Carlos Correa this time to an 11-year 314 million dollar deal. Well, when the Mets did their physical, they also discovered and had some concerns about what they were seeing when it came to Carlos Correa and his lower leg. So now, they're just right now, to the best way to put it is there is not an, an an actual contract in place in terms of the 11-year, $314 million deal that Correa originally you know was thought to have signed with the Mets. Toward, as we went through the holiday season, it seemed like that there was going to be a good chance, it seemed more likely than not, that Correa and the Mets were going to be able to work something out, and that a contract in the end, even if it needed to be a revised contract, different terms, what have you, it seemed like the most likely outcome remained Correa being a Met. And that may still be the case. But as time has gone on, it definitely does seem as if now, more than it was two weeks ago, that when it comes to Carlos Correa, him winding up with the Mets may not necessarily be as likely of an outcome as once thought. Now, I mention this because, of course, Carlos Correa on the Mets is a definite, you know, that's probably the most valuable move the Mets have made all offseason long. Him with the Mets, even if there is concerns about, you know, his lower leg injury, he's still an extremely valuable addition to the Mets. If the Mets were not to sign him... Well then that's also significant in and of itself. So it will be very interesting to watch how this story continues to unfold whether he winds up with the Mets potentially he may wind up with another team on a shorter term deal before as more is determined about you know the long term impact of any injury teams have concerns over so a very unique situation you know i can't remember the last time you know we've seen a player in terms of the money that he's signing for we've seen a player see two 300 million plus you know thought to be agreed to contracts wind up falling through in the end because of injury concerns the carlos correa met story certainly will be one to follow and of course, the other major news from yesterday was the fact that the Red Sox, who, you know, this offseason, you know, it had been looked at, you know, when it comes to them letting another star player go and Ex- Alexander Bogarts not getting any value really in return for him as of yet, you know, they had recently, you know, in, in recent years, they had traded away Mookie Betts for, you know, a return that just not has, paned, has not panned out in terms of any real value for them. They had one star remaining for their lineup when it came to the Red Sox maintaining all the, you know, whatever they could of the really intriguing core that they had towards the latter half of last decade and that is third baseman Rafael Devers well it was announced that Devers and the Red Sox had agreed to you know 17 and a half million being his compensation for the last year of his arbitration before he hit free agency next offseason well this time around it was announced on Thursday that Rafael Devers had actually agreed to an 11-year $332 million to remain with the Red Sox for what could be the rest of his career. Now, why this, why this is relevant for the Braves is the fact that Austin Riley, of course, signed a 10-year, $202 million deal in July. And when um, Austin Riley signed his deal, though that he was multiple years more away from free agency than Rafael Devers was, it really established kind of, I guess, a floor. Of, of what it would take to get the Red Sox to sign Devers. And at the end, the Red Sox actually agreed to a deal that's one year longer and $132 million more in terms of overall value than what the Braves signed Riley for. Now, you're going to see significant difference in the overall value of contracts when you're signing a player who is, you know, three, four years away from free agency than one that is uh, just a year away from free agency. But the point that I'll bring up is this, is that I think when you compare Devers and Riley, I think that it is fair to say that Devers himself has shown a bit higher ceiling when it comes to offensive production. He's obviously also done it longer at the major league level since he arrived at a younger age. But in terms of their production over the past few seasons, Raphael Devers and Austin Riley have not really been... That much different in terms of their overall offensive production. For instance, when it comes to Rafael Devers, he's hit 65 home runs over the past two years and has produced an OPS of 890 and 879. On his career, he's got a 854 OPS, 342 on base percentage, 512 slugging percentage. Well, just like we discussed, Rafael Devers had an 890 OPS in 2021 with 38 home runs, Austin Riley had an 898 OPS with 33 home runs last season. Rafael Devers had an 879 OPS with 27 home runs. Riley had an 878 OPS with 38 home runs. So we're talking about two hitters who are roughly the same age. I believe that they're within 200 days of each other in terms of when they were born. Talking about two hitters at roughly the same age who over the past two seasons. The two seasons in which they've really, you know, established themselves as consistently being top-level hitters in each of their respective leagues. Two hitters at the same age, roughly, you know, at least similar production, and you could project each of them moving forward, you know, in similar ways, even if you think one may have a higher ceiling than the other. The point that I'm getting at is, is that once again, the deal that another team agreed to with one of its significant players truly shines a positive light on the value that the Braves have gotten in the contracts that they've signed with their younger players. And I know that we've said this many times so far this offseason. Man, with what so-and-so signed for, what the Braves signed their own player for really stands out as being of value. And I know that there may be negative opinions on that around baseball when it comes to the Braves consistently signing what seem to be these team-friendly deals with their young core, but it also has to be understood they're signing these deals when these players are significantly, a significant length away from free agency. They're signing these deals, they're taking on, you know, the responsibility of signing these players long-term earlier in the process than a lot of these other free agents or soon-to-be free agents are signing for. I'm not sitting here saying that 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 the Braves are taking on just, you know, unbelievable risk in signing these players. But I am saying that it makes a difference of when you sign a player. And the fact that the Braves were able to get Austin Riley locked up early in the process when he's significantly away from free agency, when you look at what he signed for, versus what a player in Rafael Devers now is signed for, you really again realize just how valuable the contracts that the Braves Young Corps is signed for, how valuable that is long term for the Braves, but also the continued flexibility it should be able to provide. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Make sure you check out all the great content on the Battery Power Podcast Network at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.